Hi, thanks for joining us on our latest FireEye IN Security podcast. My name is Grady Summers. I'm the CTO at FireEye. I'll be the host for this podcast. Uh, we're here at RSA uh, with Dropbox's head of trust and security, Patrick Heim, to discuss cloud security. So, Patrick, uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Grady. I'm really excited to be here. So, you know, Patrick, you've had an interesting perspective. I've known you for a while, and you've had roles at both Salesforce and Dropbox, you know, two really leading SaaS um, providers. Can you talk about like what your role is at Dropbox now, you know, head of trust and security is an interesting title. What, what exactly is the scope of that role? Yeah, I mean, firstly, I think if we look at Dropbox itself, it's at a very exciting time. Uh, we have been growing and growing and growing, and the decision was made a few years ago to really pivot just from being a consumer company into now going into the enterprise and dealing with businesses. So the security challenges with that obviously have grown also significantly in dealing with enterprise customers. So my role is really to make sure that we succeed as Dropbox in all elements of security. Um, we right now are in over 150,000 businesses globally and uh, over 400 million customers, individual customers as well. So the responsibility for securing Dropbox and all of our customers is uh, it's, it's an enormous scale that we're dealing with right now. Yeah, for sure. So on that note, I mean, I am sure we could talk about this for hours, but at a high level, what does Dropbox do to secure customer data? A lot of things. So most of it our customers don't see, and that's on purpose. We have an amazing security engineering team that is continuously looking at the massive amount of signal that we have about threats coming in, um, analyzing them, blocking them. We have another element of the team that's building security features for the product. Uh, it's very DevOps-centric, where the engineers that are looking at the signal are also building defenses themselves. Uh, I'll give you an example of that. Uh, the most common attack that we see against uh, Dropbox is related to password reuse. You know, individuals, uh, just you know, it's human fallibility, basically. They'll reuse the same password across sites. So we see, uh, after another site gets attacked, a huge amount of testing going on using automated tools. And we've gotten, you know, we've invested a lot in building um, detection capabilities for that. And we proactively then take action on it. So the data shows that about 95% of attacks that come in with, like, even a valid username and password, we have enough signal that it's an attack and automation that we're able to proactively take action on that account by forcing, say, a password reset. So um, I've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole here, but, you know, it's like we're incredibly dedicated to security, and people don't see that. There's another fun story I can share about that, where if you remember the the Ashley Madison thing that happened a couple of months ago, or half a year ago now, the the team uh, looked at that dump, they analyzed it, uh, we found a population overlap of around 3 million people with uh, Dropbox users, and we decided, hey, you know, it was like, we're going to be proactive in protecting our customers and uh, so we just went ahead and expired those passwords and forced password reset from those accounts just in case they happen to be uh, using the same password as they were somewhere else. So we'll we'll take that intel that we have and we're very active in taking yeah. action on it. There's like a lot going on behind the scenes like most things in security users probably don't see it when Absolutely. it's going well. And you know other elements of protection of course you know we store and encrypt and we have built a massive infrastructure for data storage with like N plus 2 redundancy on the data and uh, there even some things, when you think about protection, it's not just protection against like hackers. The one of the bigger challenges we see is like people like just losing data. And uh, another interesting stat is that our support organization gets maybe I think it was 350 on average uh, contacts a month from individuals who are like panicking because they lost their data because CryptoLocker or some other ra- ransomware has encrypted their stuff. And for us, the script is basically okay. Here's how you go to version history to restore it if it wasn't Dropbox. So we, we you know, so so what's the the cool benefit there is is like it's dynamic back 
backup. Every time you send a new, uh, you update a file, we maintain a complete version history, uh, well, depending on the edition you have with the certain limits, but yeah. it's like you can roll it back. You can roll it back to any point in time automatically. That's actually, it's a great point to call out. We released our M-Trends report um, just last week, and one of our reports was you know, the rise of destructive attacks yes. and the rise of ransomware yes. attacks, and so it's neat that Dropbox could be a, a solution to help and, customers. And it's really fun when I talk to business customers, especially like ones that are a little bit more traditional that say, hey, we need to have an ROI on this that's you know, really tangible. And it's like I ask them, well, do you spend money on desktop backup? And it's like, yeah. And it's like, well, stop that. Yeah. Just, you know, it's like get Dropbox for your enterprise, uh, set the default save location, the, you know, the my my folder or my, you know, my documents yeah. directory, oh. make that the Dropbox basically, enforce that with group policy, your GPO. And all of a sudden it's like you have automatic backup, you have version history, you have centralized monitoring. Yeah. And uh, it all kind of works magically. And you probably save money versus that proprietary backup solution. Yeah. Now you've had roles in you know, traditional enterprise as well. I mean, philosophically, what's the difference between protecting a, you know, your role now protecting cloud services versus traditional enterprise? That's, you know, that's a really great question. I mean, obviously, I still have to protect Dropbox as well. So, you know, Dropbox is a company and we have to protect that. So there, there is an element of the traditional role that still kind of carries, uh, carries into Dropbox. I would say what's different is that uh, when you're in the tech industry versus other industries, you have access to amazing talent. Uh, so the kind of the build versus buy decisions are completely different, and we can just leverage that talent to do amazing things. Now, I don't want to disparage other industries, but you know there is everybody recognizes there is limited security and engineering talent, and when you have that ability to attract that talent into a tech company, uh, you know when you have a security problem, it's like a guy comes back after a weekend and says, "I solved it. Here's the code. It's in production." Okay, and uh, that's completely different than when I think about how I had to execute by really integrating vendors. So a strong dependency in kind of more traditional uh, CISO type protection roles for organizations. Yeah. Totally, totally different environment to work in. And it's it's amazing and energizing to be surrounded by some of the best and brightest minds in security and engineering. Yeah, that's neat. Um, you know, when I'm talking to customers, I'll, I'll often re- recommend um, SaaS offerings and Dropbox in particular because I, I see some of the poor controls that customers have in their own data center. And you know, I, I know, you know the amount of energy and effort you guys devote to security. But the question that still comes up is visibility. A lot of customers yeah. feel like if I, if I put it out in SaaS provider, if I put my documents in Dropbox, I just don't know what happens from that point on. Right. Can you talk about visibility and in particular, you know, what logs or access logs are available to yes. customers if they move to Dropbox? Absolutely. So obviously they have multiple tiers and, you know, starting with the basic accounts, uh, m- maybe I'll start with, hey, you know what, we don't actually monetize our customers in any like ways around advertising or anything else. So yeah. it's like we give people a basic account we said it's free and we're not going to do anything with this stuff. You have all the same privacy and protection as everybody else, but we're going to differentiate on features. So as you go up to like a pro account, you have more visibility, more access to logs, more controls available. And then as you get into, say, the Dropbox business and Dropbox enterprise accounts, all of a sudden the monitoring control features get beefed up very significantly. And definitely one of them is log access and activity on files, uh, including being able to access that via API. So you know, when we looked at this, it's like, hey, do we develop a bunch of analytics tools about behavior? It's like, no, because most companies are going to have like SIM environments, yeah. threat detection environments. And when I think about how do we solve that problem, it, it really has to be really horizontal. Yeah. Looking at only the activity in Dropbox doesn't tell you if you had a compromise that initiated with an event on Windows and then pivoted to a desktop 
and then move maybe into Dropbox later on. So, what, you know, our philosophy has been how do we continuously improve log granularity and make that available very easily via partners like Splunk that natively integrate or directly via the API into yeah. other SIM environments. So we, we think the, arch- the correct place is to think architecturally around security. So we're not actually trying to solve every security problem inside of Dropbox. We know, especially with larger companies, we think very strategically about how do we fit into their own security architectures. Yeah, I like that approach. You give them the data they need, let them apply Absolutely. the controls they might have applied otherwise. Um, so I guess summing it up, you know, a lot of users will say, look, I'll put my photos or my music in Dropbox, but you know, I'm just not going to put my sensitive work documents up there. I mean, what would you say to that? I assume you're, you're comfortable putting the most secure, sensitive information up in Dropbox? I, I put my tax documents in Dropbox. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So it's... When, again, when we look very practically, we take a practical approach to risk management. When we look practically at what can go wrong with Dropbox, it goes down to bad password stuff, people make mistakes in authentication. Uh, we've kind of responded by introducing three different types of two-factor authentication, including like SMS, you have the free one-time password app you can get on your phone, and now we introduced uh, last year uh, universal two-factor support, which is hardware token authentication, so as a second factor. So that's, that's pretty robust, and data shows that Nobody who's actually turned that on has had a compromise yet. Wow, right. That's cool. So it's really compelling data. So that's that's one element of it. The other element is sharing, basically. Dropbox is a sharing platform. And uh, people make mistakes. Um, they will share with somebody and forget they shared it. Or the other person basically doesn't realize in a shared folder context that if they take a file out, it's a shared folder. It disappears. Oh, yeah. So, um, or uh, basic things like we've had in the enterprise forever, which is provisioning and deprovisioning of access. Errors basically made in that. So when I really look at the security challenges around Dropbox, they're not like esoteric nation-state hackers doing O-days on us. It's really, the evidence is so, so strong that it's really around user behavior um, that's driving it or lack of clarity. And we're continuously innovating in that area as well. We, we, we are investing in making sure that we're getting higher enrollments in two-factor. Right now, it's, it's quite sad. It's uh, less than 1% of all of our users, even though we provide two-factor for free, have it. So we're going to be running some experiments to it, try to increase the enrollment enough you know, to actually help them protect themselves. So, um, you know, we're, we're dedicated to fixing these problems. We're very data-centric. We're very oriented towards measuring what has a meaningful benefit for protecting our users. Love it. That's really cool. Well, as a big Dropbox user, definitely appreciate everything you're doing to, to protect your customers, and I uh, really enjoy talking with you. Thanks for Likewise, Brady. Thank you so much.